This is Scaring is Sharing. Yes, it's a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> I am Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And I am Bernie Joe, the original Flame and Scream Queen plan back. <laughs> That's right. We're I both know. originals. Today. Today we are both Today. originals. We're both originals today, uh, and if you don't know, this show is where we talk about horror and monster movies and life and just whatever we feel like talking about. So hopefully you are on for the ride. Yeah, and then we assign each other a film that the other person has never seen before, typically. That's how it works. And then we watch the movies, and we come back, and we chat about them. Yeah, so... If you're just joining us for the first time, hopefully you're excited for that. Yeah. And if you're joining us for the, you know, 100th and whatever this is time, uh, hopefully you're not sick of it yet. So. And speaking of Jeremy, we have some telegrams this week and I want to kick us off because this is a fun one. Okay. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the first one comes from someone named Lauren who writes, Hi, Scare Boys. I came across your podcast the other month, and I have happily binged from the beginning while working and commuting. Thanks for keeping me engaged so I don't nod off, crash my car, and die on the way to or from work. I'm doing a few newer episodes as I creep forward in the catalog. I'm on number 53. So I'm somewhat in the loop. I'm about to turn 40, yay, which puts me smack between you two in age. My older daughter is about to turn 13, and we've been bonding over horror for the past year. Scream is her favorite franchise, and I'm exposing her to all the classics. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play. She isn't phased by gore, but she is repulsed by all that gross kissing stuff. She's the kind of girl who gives the character shit for doing dumb things, and I couldn't be more proud. Anyway, I just wanted to drop you this telegram and send some love your way. I also gave you five stars on Spotify because you deserve it. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, you know, I thought that Lauren might be our New Jersey person who's been listening to multiple episodes, but apparently she is not located in New Jersey. So, oh. originally from there. Or no, her husband is from there, but she's not oh. a New Jersey stalker. So somebody's still out there just creeping along from New Jersey. On the loose in, in New Jersey. Yep. The devil, the New Jersey devil. What is that? The Jersey devil. Loose in the, the Pine Barrens. The Jersey devil. Who is that, though? Who Who is it? It's a it's a cryptid. It's a monster. Oh, OK. Yeah, I was like, I, I was thinking it was that creepy guy who wore like that weird mask and like the spikes. Oh no no no! That's that's the a guy. That guy's in, that's the beast. He's in. Is that the beast of Jersey? I think that's in England, though. Oh okay. Not New Jersey. The Jersey Devil is just a monster. People say live in the woods in New Jersey. Thank you. But Lauren, it is so good to have you along for the ride. We love new listeners. We love when they write to us, and yeah, we love kids who love scary shit. So that's even yeah more exciting. I think yeah. it's kind of cool too. I feel like younger kids, like um, 
younger than us, you know, like teenagers and people's kids that write and tell us they love Scream. I feel like Scream is the franchise that they grab onto, which makes sense because it's the closest to like their existence, you know? Uh, so I'm about it, you know? Scream's awesome, so. Yeah, and like still making like continuous sequels, like Halloween sort of like rebooted with older, Halloween you know, is rebooted several times over so but like now like, with like yeah, the younger gener like it it's you know jamie lee curse i mean yeah no. granddaughter's in it but like i feel like scream always has a youthful feel yeah halloween is chasing us and older halloween only wants the old people it feels like like that's who they're trying to target i think every time they do it again um yeah so we'll see We'll see where Friday the 13th goes. I was going to say they tended to, you know, stay hip with try and get those youthful kids, but it's been youthful kids that done them. It's uh, it's been a while since they've made one. So who knows what they'll do with this? You know, we'll get to that in the news. So um, sure. But I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Lauren, keep keep listening, please. And thanks for the rating. Yeah. And I also saw we were trending in Spain. Or like on the charts in Spain on Apple? We have consistent Spain listeners, Spanish listeners. So yeah, I mean, like a couple in the country of Spain like every so. week. So I mean, I'll take it. But yeah, it's enough to put us in the top 100 on Chartable. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. So that's nice. And yeah, thanks for rating us as well, Lauren. And if you all want to rate us, that would be super duper. I didn't know you could rate like in Spotify. So I'll have to check that out. I only know the Apple rating. I did. So yeah. I didn't know you could do that either on Spotify, and I use yeah. Spotify, so I didn't know what? you could rate what the fuck? podcasts. I cool. don't. I don't. I All right. Far away. All right. Take us into our next telegram. Next telegram is from Fiend of the Podcast, Ethan, uh, who I'm sure regular listeners will know, uh, talks to us a lot. So thanks, Ethan. Uh, and Ethan says, subject line is fun facts. And he says, hi, friends. Just had some tiny fun facts that go with last week's episode. Uh, number one, I was actually in Young Frankenstein the Musical with the Penny Seats back in 2018. I was the blind old man. I'm no Gene Hackman, but I hope I did the justice. Number two, before Detroit was known as the Motor City, it was known as one of the largest producers of salt. Hence, many, many mines and tunnels being made to harvest the mineral we all know and love. And lastly, number three, speaking of minerals, did you know ice is the most abundant mineral in the world? The more you know. Bye. <laughs> okay, well, I do have to have some umbrage. That's my new favorite word. I mean, I know that word, but like I've been using a lot lately. I have to take umbrage with the mineral we all know and love because I don't love salt. I don't put salt on anything. Oh, I put Whoa, salt on nothing. Nothing. Like if it's you're on, a, like I, you're a freak. Like if it's on my fries, I'll eat it. Obviously, you know. But like, I don't put it on anything. I'm never like, oh, this needs some salt. So I'm gonna say I don't love it. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I freaking love salt. <laughs> I don't add. I try not to add salt to stuff though because it's not great for you. But <laughs> I do love salt. So salty things are good in my book. There is a very disturbing scene in Terrifier 2 with salt, though. <laughs> I mm -hmm. will say that is horrifying. And it, it does answer our uh, uh, question, too. Uh, well, not really a question, but our our uh, ponderings on Barbarian about yes. tunnels and all that, because it is it is very Detroit. That explains it, all the old mines. I didn't even think about that. I think I'd learned about that before, too, that Detroit has got so many tunnels and stuff is because there's all these mines that they just 
forgot about and built the city on top of. So, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, pretty fucked up. Ethan, thank you. And I wish I could have seen you in Young Frankenstein. I love Penny Seats. I did a show with them this past spring. And I wish mm-hmm. I could have um, seen that production. I'm sure you were amazing. I know. And knowing like so many actors and theater people now, I want to see Ethan act. I know, I know he's been away from it for a while. So if you ever do it again, Ethan, let us know. Because yeah. I want to see, see you on the stage. He's so charming. I bet he would just, it would he would radiate up there on the old boards. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right, we have one final telegram from Teacher Drew, who writes, Hey guys, episode 104 was an excellent episode. I truly loved everything about it. It's great that you reviewed Young Frankenstein. What a classic. Quite frankly, it is genius. Yes, for me, there is the nostalgia factor, but everything, the style, the cast, the direction, the original take on the story is simply wonderful. We, too, quote lines from it. I finally saw Fresh. We need more creative, unexpected stories like this. It was worthy of a theatrical release. But one of my favorites of the year so far was Barbarian. Wow. Like Jeremy, it seems this movie was tailor-made for me. I adore this movie so much. The cast. The world it inhabits. The characters. The unforeseen twists and turns. And the satisfied feeling I have as the credits roll. More, please. I've been watching Cabinet of Curiosities. So far, I'm underwhelmed, but we'll watch a few more episodes. Question, have you considered joining Patreon? Just a thought, you know I'd be a subscriber. Boundless love to you both, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Appreciate you. I know, that's what Cabinet of Curiosities, man. I have was excited for it because I'm a Guillermo del Toro fan, and it's been entirely lukewarm i've seen like almost across the board like everyone's reaction to it so what about your reaction why haven't you watched it yet uh i know i gotta jump in that's what slowed me down i just saw like everyone like about it and i was like okay well then it's not at the top of my list to jump into this yet so i'll do it well when i saw a friend of the podcast nico this past week i think there were a couple that he and his wife really liked um, I mm. thought the first one was fine. I didn't love the second. Oh, well, that's a lie. I fell asleep during the second one, which I think he told me was really good. So uh-huh. we'll see. Yeah, I got to get in there. Yeah, I don't have a strong urge for it. Um, but in regards mm-hmm. to the Patreon, uh, quite honestly, it's hard for me to maintain all the stuff I have to do already for this. And for Patreon, you have to do additional things, okay? You have to come up with new things that you share. And that just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, I've pondered a Patreon a lot. Um, I feel like that would be that would be the next phase that I, I'm not sure we're quite there yet. But maybe one day we'll get there and we'll see. But, but I have I, ideas yeah. for it. But it, but what you need with a Patreon is the the amount of people that want that to sustain it to make it worth the work we'll have to do. So um, yeah, you know, you know, I guess guys, if you if you're out there, if you're a listener and you're like, hell yeah, we want a Patreon, we would need to we need to hear that. We and to hear that I want to run your Patreon and do all your content for you. Yes, please. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know right. No, I have a friend who has a podcast called Gay A Podcast, which is so clever. He started it like right after he got sober and he's been sober a little over a year. I've been a guest on there like three times now. He's really, really cool. Um, And 
he started a Patreon recently because he went to a big pod fest. And yeah. that was like something like encouraged there. And like he pretty much just has like every episode because he has a guest every episode. So he'll do uh-huh. the episode and then the next ep- and then on the Patreon there is like a a follow up like um after party or sh- after show. And, and so then, that's yeah, like yeah. the if content subs- on there. Yeah. See, I, I have ideas for stuff that I would um I would I would need to do for that. But again, I feel like does he have like a ton of listeners? Like does he have a lot of Patreon support? Or? No, right now I think there's two of us. So Okay. I was I was the first one. So and then I think there's oh, one okay. more. Yeah. But I okay. mean, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's Yeah, something. you can start a Patreon at any time. We just we just know <laughs> We just know we want to have the content for you, and it requires some work. So uh, you know, but we'll figure that might it be out. The next, that might be the next stage of life. That might be when we're ready to just be full time podcasters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, that would be lovely. Just quit our yeah. day jobs and do I know, all right? That's that's the dream. So, uh, but yeah, so glad you loved Fresh and Barbarian, and of course you love Young Frankenstein because you have a fantastic taste. And yes, yeah. love those movies and. You know, yeah, I think Fresh could have been in the theaters for how good it was, uh, for sure. But, you know, yeah, at least I feel it like wasn't. It, it wasn't. And I was going to say, like, it probably has more viewers because it's just on Hulu. But that's not necessarily true. And everything comes to streaming so quickly these days. It's like, why not let it make a little extra money in the theater? But whatever. We're in a yeah. new world. We're yeah. in a new world as far as when things go in theaters and when they don't, and if that means it's good or not. Like it used to mean it wasn't good if it like didn't come into the theaters, and that's not the case anymore. Not yep. Nope. There's alternative release uh, plans these days that have. Uh, I mean, that was the big thing that was supposed to make it easier for independent filmmakers. You know, anybody to jump in and make a movie. Um, but you know, that remains to be seen because I feel like a lot of even these new channels have just been hijacked by the studios and major players again. So uh, don't give up hope though. People out there making your own movies, keep doing it. And have you read all this hubbubaloo about Terrifier 2 and like how they like submitted it for Oscar consideration? (laughs) Yes. I think it's awesome. I love it. Everyone's like, I'm so sure. I'm like, I think it's awesome. Like, A, I think it's like a great little bit of publicity. Why not? And B, like it does have great makeup effects. So, and like special effects, whatever. So. Yeah. I say submit it for best picture. I don't give a shit. Like go after those old buddy duddies that run the uh the oscars like i think it's an awesome bit of uh pranksterism and yeah yeah just do it i don't know i've I've seen a lot of people react to like why would you do that i'm like because it's hilarious like yeah throw it in these people's face who would never watch this sort of thing like i don't know i i have respect but also massive amounts of disdain for the academy so yeah especially over the like past years like the past yeah. whatever decade, it's just kind of feels like it's gone downhill. It used to be. I don't know if it was because I was younger, although my husband, you know, is older than me. And I think he feels very similarly. And the Oscars have always been like a huge deal to him. But in the past couple of years, like because he used to watch yeah. all the Oscar contenders. And lately he's just like, eh, like it doesn't feel yep. like it truly is what it's supposed to be. Exactly. So I feel like anyone that fucks with them is okay in my book like go (laughs) do it so yeah yeah, someone also said on some post i was reading they're like um this way they're making lots of the academy voters like have to watch this movie which is amazing and someone else was like you know lots of them don't ever watch the movies and i was like but i bet some do and the fact that they're like oh what what is this and they watch terrifier 2 is amazing no i 
I'm sure this thing has enough presence in the media that a few of them will get that screener for Terrifier 2 and they will watch it just to be like, so what the deal with this? Um, and I bet you we'll get stories about Academy voters that are like, they turned it off in the first, you know, whatever minutes or something like that. So it's, it's an amazing bit of like, uh, like guerrilla marketing, pranksterism, you know, awesome stuff. For sure. What other bits of news do you have? Uh, I actually had sort of a telegram uh, that oh. uh, all apologies to my good buddy, Kyle from college. He had sent me, uh, it was actually before Halloween uh, and I forgot about these. I was going to tell you about it. He sent me a couple videos over uh, Facebook messenger um, where he was just like, I know this isn't the normal way to submit to scaring and sharing, but you have to see this. And he was on a walk uh, in a park. I believe he's in like the Flint area somewhere. Um, so he was on a, uh, walk uh in the park walking his dog in the in the park in the woods and he came across this like wooden teepee and he sent me the video of it yeah he was like yeah this is pretty he's like and there's a sign out in front of it that says smile (laughs) (laughs) and he was like there's like some other signs like a ways back leading to it but he's like yeah i kind of wanted to go in there and poke around but i'm worried somebody's like watching me go into their house so and i was like the blair witch is gonna get you you gotta get out of there (laughs) So oh I should uh, I should send those videos over to you. But uh, uh, yeah. thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Creepy and cool. I hope you're still alive. I don't think I've heard from you since. So I hope I hope you didn't get got in the woods. But oh my God, um, Kyle. sorry, I missed that. He sent it to me a couple weeks back and I totally forgot to share it on here. But here we go. There's another chapter in the book I'm reading. Best movie ever about the Blair Witch. There was an initial chapter and then there's like a follow up chapter. And it's so fascinating listening to it because there was so much hate for that movie, which I don't remember because I had so much love for it. But like, there was so much like disdain for the like the directors and the writers because they're like oh well are we going to give you another movie can you actually write a movie and like the actors got some they were like oh those people from that movie like the mtv movie awards they didn't like name them by names and they wanted heather donahue like they and her script for the award they were presenting they wanted her to say well i've had my 15 minutes of fame that was fun and she's like fuck you i'm not saying that like everyone was so vicious towards them and i I did not remember that yeah well i mean because it was so such a game changer it was so different speaking of like independent movies that you know changed the game like nobody even knew how to uh not that it was the first found footage movie as we know but uh it was coming at a time where that was just you know not something you did uh to just take a video camera and shoot a shoot a fake documentary like that and get it into theaters and it become a sensation so i think everyone was like this is just a this is an anomaly it's nothing you know, it's cool for a second, but we'll all move on. But they were wrong. Look at the lasting impact it's had. Seriously. It's so crazy. And then also they talk about The Sixth Sense and how it was in movie theaters for nine months. Isn't that insane? That's a, Especially for now, that's a long time. It is. And it made over like $300 million like it, domestically, which is also like fucking crazy. And like no one had faith in it. Like Disney like kind of released it like they didn't want to have anything to do with it then they sort of like brought it back into like the fold or whatever 
because they just had like mm-hmm. no faith in it. And it's just so crazy sometimes the things that either like they go both ways. Something that everyone's like, oh, it's going to because it was also the summer of Revenge of the Sith. So they talk a lot about that or not Revenge. Yeah. Wait, is that the episode one? No, fa- Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Thank you. Um, They talk about yep. Phantom Menace. And, you know, of course, how everyone was like scared that that movie was going to, you know, that no one wanted to put their movie up against it. Every, you know, just all of the fandom around it and everything. So like Sixth Sense being put in August was sort of like, you know, uh, let's just dump it in the end of the summer. And then that sort of became yeah. a slot. I remember the others came out in that slot. That sort of like August creepy movie slot, like at least for a couple of years, that's sort of what what resided there because of the sixth sense. Yeah, I think they felt like, wait a minute, if we release a horror movie at the end of the summer, for some reason it does well. Like, I think that's what they thought. Like, that yeah. became the the thinking, of course, because, you know, Hollywood is so predictable in their thinking. <laughs> like, when, when something succeeds, uh, like, oh, a movie did, this horror movie did really well in August, that means let's release all of our horror movies in August or, you know. And that, and that seems to be the thing, too, isn't it? Like the suits, like when they say we have no faith in this thing, that's probably guaranteed to be a giant hit. And then the thing that they're like, <laughs> this is going to be the biggest movie of all time. They release it and everyone hates it. Like that's always seems to be what happens. So Yeah, it is. I mean, but I get it. Like owning a theater, like being like, oh, the, everyone wants a campy show in the summer. Oh, everyone wants something creepy in October. Like I get that you think that that's and it works sometimes, but then sometimes it doesn't like you're like, but wait, I thought. The, that's you know yeah. because also that's the thing like people the attitude in the world the overall vibe can just change and there's no way to gauge how it's going one way or another which is the unpredictability of it is both exciting and very frustrating yeah especially when you have money on the line and yeah, when it comes to box yep. and i mean of course when it comes to money on the line in our situation is very different than a hollywood film but still like i still yeah. get it yep absolutely but your friend, I want to know more about. I yeah, you did you just send me the video? I'm excited to watch. Yeah, it because I, I want to see videos. a creepy tent. Watch because em. if it says smile, it makes me think like, hey, don't fuck with this because there's cameras on you. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Or is it more creepy than that? It's more creepy because it's like a hand painted sign that just says smile. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It's like a teepee made out of sticks, like a like a hut made of sticks. Gross. So. And what yeah, other exciting news? There was a lot this week. I know there was a lot. You know the big news. You know the biggest news of all. The well, Friday no, the 13th I, TV series. I thought you were going to have say something else, though. But yeah, it's the Friday oh, the 13th we'll, series. Because we'll we'll, it's a oh, wait. prequel, so I'll be very curious to see how much Mrs. Voorhees, how much Jason, etc. But it's like A24 is involved, right? Yeah, it's A24, Brian Fuller. Um, I loved Hannibal, so I'm I'm down for this. But from what he's saying, like uh, they did say that Jason will be a part of this, or like manifestations of Jason will be a part of this. So I'm like, okay, so they're gonna. This is not gonna be. He's already said that he's calling it a pre remake. Will is the <laughs> phrase Brian Fuller used. So yeah, it's not beholden to any existing like timeline. So. That's exciting, though, because I think after Chucky, it's like, oh, we can take like these existing franchises and actually make like a good series out of it that has multiple like episodes, which are really like mini movies and give the fans what they want. Yeah. So I I was trying to like process it too. these thoughts might not be totally coherent, but it's like it's interesting that these major franchises right now are like 
slasher franchises are dipping back into their past and picking like ideas or inspiration from things that were not necessarily popular and then trying to like read like uh, my main examples being with Halloween ends it really felt like they were looking back to specifically like Halloween 3 where they're like what's the most radically different movie in the franchise from the past we want to try and do something like that except we are gonna plug in michael myers <laughs> to actually like because that was the big complaint you know everybody loves halloween 3 now but back then everyone was like it's got no michael myers in it too radical a departure and it's like with halloween ends they were trying to like make a radical departure but still have michael myers in it and see if that experiment worked um and with friday the 13th that's making me think about how uh, i don't think we've ever talked about it on the show friday the 13th the series do you mm-hmm. remember the old TV series? I never watched which, it, but yeah. But people forget that like that is part of the franchise. It's not like a, you know, it is part of that uh, media franchise, but it had nothing to do with Jason or any Crystal Lake lore. You know, it was about people owning an antique shop with cursed items that, you know, weekly they had adventures to go stop those cursed items from, you know, ruining people's lives. But um, it kind of feels like, they're going back to like, let's take the idea of this TV series that's like not only kind of tangentially related to our uh, franchise, but we are going to try and plug in like Crystal Lake and Jason and see if that works, I guess. I don't know. But it seems it seems interesting that they're trying to do these like radical departures from what already existed, you know, kind of mimicking stuff they've done before. They're trying it again. Let's try and really do something new, I guess. Yeah, I'm living for it, quite honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how it turns out. Hopefully it's better than what they tried with Halloween ends, but we'll uh I think we'll it see. will be. I mean, A24, yeah, not yeah. like everything they touch is as amazing, but pretty much it's all very yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Ed, and uh, and Brian Fuller also said that they already have they're already greenlit for season 2. Oh, wow. Because Fuck. that was part of their Yeah, I'm like you're a good negotiator because that was part of their uh, their deal with Peacock, which is picking it up, that they guaranteed a season two. Nice. Uh, in their contract. So it's like, wow, okay, so we are going to get two seasons off the bat. So that's going be cool. Fuck yeah. Yep. I thought you were going to talk about the new Godzilla movie. That's the other big news is that Toho is doing a new Godzilla um, that'll come what out next do you know year. About so it? another jab. What I know is. Toho has actually, I mean, being a Japanese company, the news doesn't get reported on as much, you know, in the United States by the main, I guess, mainstream or the major, you know, um, entertainment blogs and stuff. But Toho has been quietly talking about this for a few years now. And they're really uh, because they are co-producers of the Monsterverse, you know, with Legendary, those, uh, you know, Godzilla, Kong, Skull Island. um, Okay. Kong, Godzilla versus Kong, like. Toho is a co-producer on those. They were involved uh, with those, but they were really invigorated by reinvigorated by the response those movies got. Uh, they did so well that they they want to take ideas and lessons from that shared universe, and that's what they want to do with Godzilla. You know, Japanese Godzilla-made movies again. So okay. Shin Godzilla, anyone that was a fan of that, that was a one-off. They're not doing a sequel to that. They are not continuing the storyline from Shin Godzilla. They're going to start over again. 
to some degree. Um, and their plan, though, is to create like a shared universe. They want Godzilla and all the classic monsters fighting again, you know, in it, draw some draw some more from like the monster verse where they want them to be more, uh, I guess, adventure, you know, appeal to like all ages sort of thing, larger demographics than just, you know, the hardcore fans or uh, making them. It seemed like they kind of like with Shin Godzilla, they're falling more into the horror trope and like trying to make Godzilla scary again. And they want to, I think they want to go back to the more heroic Godzilla fighting evil monsters thing again. So that's kind of, kind of what they're planning. So We'll see how that goes. I don't know. Godzilla can do it. Godzilla is a monster for all seasons. So I feel like he can he can work for whatever you want. <laughs> that is true. They reviewed Shin Godzilla over on It's Only a Podcast, and I have not gotten to that half of the episode yet, but I'm mm-hmm. interested to hear what they have to say about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see. I mean, being such a big lifelong Godzilla fan, uh, I think global interest in Godzilla is always a good thing because it means I get more media out of Japan that has like never been released outside of Japan because they for a long for many years Toho got really like uh exclusive about Godzilla where they're like uh, he was big for a minute years ago like globally but it looks like interest has died down so it, like we're trying to bring him back in as just a Japanese thing but but global interest is is probably more than it's ever been uh in in the kaiju movies so now they're like okay i guess we gotta do stuff for everybody again so boo everybody (laughs) yeah everybody i don't know i I, they the the big thing though is coming out of this is they're restoring like um a lot of the old ones like the the original godzilla and rodan and mothra and all these old movies that have kind of not been taken care of like the films hadn't been preserved they were in rough shape but they're doing brand new restorations of those uh to uh, uh modern you know 4k and modern resolutions and stuff so i'm like okay release some of those over here please at least in theaters do some limit you know fathom events get one of those over here so i can see them in pristine condition so yeah uh, the cool. other bit of news on Sequel Street is 28 months later, supposedly, in the talks yeah! with Killian Murphy is, like, on board. With my man crush, Killian Murphy. Yeah, back. you fucking love him. I do. He is, he's gorgeous. So I, uh, I, I'm excited for that because um, I've actually never seen 28 weeks later all the way through. Okay. I remember it being I've seen cut. The, yeah that's everyone says it was good and i've seen like the key scenes from it you know the big scenes everybody talked about but um i need to sit down and watch that but it doesn't have killian murphy in it and that's you know a detraction in my mind oh but it's sad god so i i i'm excited for that what is this one 28 months later right yep that's the word yep 28 months and then they'll do 28 years later and Um, what have you watched this week? Oh, man. Well, of course, you know, just a couple days ago, November 3rd is officially Godzilla Day, because that is the day that the original Godzilla was released in theaters in Japan. So I watched that, the original Japanese version of Godzilla, which is definitely um, much better than the American one with Raymond Burr. So I can only imagine. And then my brother and I together, we were watching uh, Godzilla Final Wars the other night, which was 
the Godzilla movie they released. What year did that come out? That was an anniversary year. So they did a movie uh, that featured Godzilla fighting. It came out in 2004. So uh, I can't remember what anniversary that one was, but it's got Godzilla. He fights like every single monster that he's ever fought before in it. It's got like humans with superpowers fighting alien. It's totally insane. Uh, and we were watching it. And my brother was like, you should you should do this on the show. And I'm like, Brandy Joe would hate this movie. I can tell. It's like, <laughs> like rewatch it. It's never stopped it's you just, before. Yeah, maybe someday I'll give you final wars. But I would be hesitant because it's like over two hours long. Uh, it's like long for a Godzilla movie. And it's like if you mix Power Rangers with Godzilla, it's insane. So oh boy. Um, it's wild. It is wild and bizarre. So. But if you're into that sort of thing, like me, if you like totally unhinged Japanese movies, you'd probably dig it. But so I watched those. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, the OG, and that was really? delicious. Yeah, so good. I just had a yeah. hankering. Yeah. And I just imagine after all like of the slashers that had come the previous few years, it must have just felt so fresh. Like just that's all I could think of is like, oh, it's like totally like you know just very it's like oh hey you know that slasher someone walking around in the woods and getting killed with an axe well guess what like we're doing something similar but like a totally different take and it just yeah it's just so so good um and then i started new nightmare but i fell asleep so <laughs> yeah it's, I, it's, I like i like new nightmare it's very 90s it's very like yeah it's better than a lot of the sequels but i'm just like it feels a little melodramatic a lot of the time. <laughs> it does. The original no, it, doesn't feel that way to me. New Nightmare, definitely every time I rewatch it, it feels like the prototype to Scream. Like you knew in New Nightmare, Wes Craven's ideas were leading him towards what he would do with Scream, uh, which is like all there in New Nightmare. That's another one too. I just looked at a uh, list somebody put out that was like slasher sequels that are horror sequels that deserve uh, reevaluation or uh, should be appreciated more. And, you know, there are the, it feels like that list was a little behind the curve because they listed Halloween three, of course, where I'm like, everybody's already saying that like, yeah. And they had Texas chainsaw part two in there, which I know is one that had spent years being maligned as too silly, but it's getting appreciated more and more. And new nightmare was in there. Uh, so yeah, but I don't I'm feel like, like I ever was, that. I don't feel like it ever. I feel like it was well reviewed, and like I don't think anyone yeah. ever was like, "That's a shit movie." I feel like, yeah, I, could, you know. I feel like in recent years I've heard it more from like I, I think there's that contrarian element of fans that were like, "It's not that good. That one sucks." So, but no, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, the kills in the original are just so good. Like the Tina death and the mm -hmm. Glenn death are so fucking good. The effects are so good. Like it's just so tight. And I, I know I said yeah. that new nightmare is very melodramatic. The, the original is very melodramatic in some of the writing and some of the acting, like especially her mom is just like, so, yeah. so, so funny. Like I was just like LOLing every time she was on because it was just so over the top, but it's just so good. It's just so good. But in new nightmare. Yeah. In regards to scream, like she's even receiving, like prank phone calls. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, exactly. I forgot about that part. Yep. Everything's there. Everything that's going to go into 
with Scream, it's like his rough draft of like how do horror movies affect real life, and then he's gonna then he did something even more serious and better with Scream. So it's cool to watch an artist evolve. Yeah, but um, I didn't like when she's on the talk show and the guy's like, "Would you trust Robert England with your kids and with your kid?" And she's like, "Robert, um, like she doesn't. I mean, like I just feel like and I know this is like not her true response. It's written in the script, but I just I I like to believe that they get along very very well. <laughs> that they have a yes, very good relationship. I would, <laughs> I would think in real life, yeah. Um, and when are we gonna get a new Nightmare on Elm Street? Come on, it's coming." It's coming. I know part of that was like it wasn't as dramatic as what happened with Friday the 13th because that was a giant, you know, court battle. So everyone was interested in what was going on there. But I know that Nightmare on Elm Street, the the Craven, the West Craven estate actually owns it. That was part of what um, happened there. I know they successfully got the rights back um, and they're supposed to be shopping it around. I heard they were shopping around to. um Movie studios in the last couple of years, I had heard that Elijah Wood was a strong contender, his production company, Mm -hmm. to do a new version of Nightmare on Elm Street. So that's the one I wish would happen because he does some cool stuff. Uh, You know, that's how we got Mandy, for example. So I would love uh, for his uh, production company to tackle it. But we'll see. We will see. Any other news or views? That's it. That's it for news and views. All right. Well... Now we assign each other movies. And if you want to skip ahead to the reviews, look in the notes. Look in the episode notes. You'll know exactly where to go. I Mm -hmm. assigned to you first this week. Yes, you do. I have read that there is, I I don't know if it's out now or very soon, but there is a sequel coming out to this. So I am going to give you the OG because I know you haven't seen it. Mm. And that is Satan's Slaves. Ah, Satan's slaves. I know that this is in Indonesian, perhaps. Perhaps. I think. I know it's that. Uh, it's is, is it the same director that did in Pedagore, I believe. Which we've already. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. Uh, which we've covered before, and that movie was awesome. Um. So, and I know this is actually a remake of a. Uh, older indonesian movie also titled satan slaves so but i I remember when this one came out uh it was uh a minor uh you know cult hit people in the know were like you gotta see this thing so uh, i'm excited to check it out and uh yeah i mean with the title like satan slaves i imagine it's about demons probably demons possessing somebody uh or multiple people uh and wreaking havoc love how hilarity ensues you didn't Lots listen to them now to watch it, but you're going to listen to me now. Yeah, watch. It. I will. Okay. I am going to. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, cool. I can't wait to rewatch. Um, all right. I I had an idea of something I wanted to give you because I was like, you know what? Last episode, I get both movies five stars. We had these like awesome movies that we just loved oh, watching. And I was like, time to, time to get a little more. more. Time to get a little more wild with it. Uh, I thought about it, but I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna hold that back. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna put that back in the chamber for a random time that you're Thank not you. suspecting. Thank um, you. And I I think <sighs> I'm gonna go with something a little crazier that could go either way. And I'm giving you a little flick called "Hell Comes to Frogtown." 
Wow, I don't even know what the fuck that is, but <laughs> I'm going to say Killer Frogs invade a town which is renamed Frogtown in their honor. There is a sheriff named Reginald who has a wife named Susan and their kids, Bobby and Belinda, and they um, will train the frogs to not eat humans, but instead raise cattle. <laughs> so, that sounds that movie sounds incredible welcome to Frogtown. is that what hell it is comes to no, hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> oh jesus christ hell comes to Frogtown. fuck me okay yeah well i'm and, I'm, I'm gonna watch it <laughs> that's all i'm gonna, I was yeah. gonna say i'm looking forward to it but i don't know that i am yeah it there's somebody in this movie that once you realize I mean, I so. who this thing's, yeah, yeah, no, it's just frogs. Actually, no, uh, <laughs> there, there is, there is a certain person in this movie that once you see it, you'll be like, oh, okay, this is why I assigned it. This is why you know it relates to somebody we've covered in the past. In Sissy certain... Spacek, I'm excited. There you go. It's starring Sissy Spacek punching frogs in the face. <laughs> uh, and you... <laughs> oh my God, you're gonna love it. No, I... What a fucking title! I honestly have never heard of this yep. film. This thing um, was a staple of like USA Up All Night used to play this thing, you know, all the time back in the day. It's uh, it's got some fun going on. I think you'll at least have some fun with it. But okay. Like I said, it's 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 pretty wild. It's pretty weird. It's got a awesome star. So hopefully you'll uh, you'll be like, OK, makes sense. This seems like a Jeremy movie. So it sounds like it. So. All right. Well, let's watch him. And we'll come back. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Alright. Now we talk about the movies. Because we've watched movies, if you're joining us for the first time. And I just want to say somehow I doubt you are. But <laughs> for any newcomers, this is the half for the movie talk. And if you don't want to hear about Satan Slaves, look in the podcast notes and you can just skip ahead to Hell Comes to Frogtown. So here we go. Satan Slaves from 2017, directed by Joko Anwar. And the tagline is, she comes back for the last child. And the summary is, after the death of Rinny's mother, something is disturbing her family. That's the kind of plot I love. Just like yeah. short, sweet, not too much. Just the, bring it down, okay? Yeah, bring it it's down. A, yeah, it's essentially just a log line you know, to exactly. tell you what, exactly what it's about. Uh, yeah, this what I would be lying if I said that I didn't spend most of this movie thinking... Man, I wish I hadn't seen Impetigore first because I <laughs> I think I would have liked this more because I think yeah. I liked Impetigore more than this yes. movie. Yes. And I know it came after this one. So if I had been watching like chronologically his uh, filmography, I think I would have liked this more and then have saw the progression for Impetigore. But it seemed like this seemed kind of like a preview of what he would do. I thought stronger with Impetigore. Yeah. I a hundred. I did see this first. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure 
Uh, I don't remember now. I think it's probably my letterbox. I should look, but I 100% agree with you. I think Empedagor is the stronger film, not this isn't good. Yeah, no, this was still a good movie. I just wasn't as crazy about it for most of its runtime, though. Uh, when we get to the end here, I uh, have decided the rating I gave it. I bumped it up a little bit because the ending is really awesome of this movie. So that that helped a lot. But um, the biggest thing I took away from this, it's really fascinating to watch all these like this movie is heavy on what I would call like American uh, like it made me think of the Conjuring series and stuff like that, yeah. like American ghost movie tropes, but being filtered through another culture. And I thought that was fascinating. A hundred percent. And while I think this was out before this particular film, it also reminded me of Hereditary. Yes. It's like Hereditary and the Conjuring in another country. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Like I, I started to do a little research, you know, about because uh, the, the type of, ghosts spirits creatures whatever you want to call the the supernatural element of this movie um i know it is an indonesian thing like i was reading up on the folklore of these uh supernatural beings that they're referencing um but the way they're presented it very much feels like uh it could be from you know any american uh haunted house jump scare movie of the last you know decade or so uh yeah. and i just i just thought that was that's just a unique way to see something you're familiar with but have a new spin on it to watch another culture take a crack at it and it's so cool the director watched the original which is just called satan's slave Mm. way back in the day when he was a little kid i think he like snuck in the theater or something i might just be making this up but he saw it and it stuck with him and so this is like a prequel to it like i think it leads up to where that one starts or something that's my understanding too, because the ending initially didn't make much sense to me until I read online that I'm like, oh, okay, that ties it. It's a prequel to the original movie. Which is so. the way to do it. Like, take an older film that maybe stuck with you, maybe, because I mean, when you watch the trailer for the older film, it is not something I would like to watch. <laughs> it is. It just does not look good to me, but... The, like that's the way to do it like take that's an older story and then like do something that leads up to it or is branched off from it and it could be called a remake but it really is more of like a continuation in one direction or another like that's yeah. so smart yeah i thought that was really cool and i do know i am sort of interested just to see what the hubbub is about of the original uh because i do know it's been like one of those cult you know favorites of the horror community at large but it's one of those cases where i think that was mostly due to scarcity of the movie uh because mm-hmm. it was never it never got a wide uh, international release so in the u.s if you were looking for it apparently it circulated on like bootleg videotapes for many years and uh, that always seems to make people think like not that it's not a good movie i've not seen it but for some reason, people, the horror fans of a certain ilk tend to be like, if I can't find it, it must be because it's a masterpiece they don't want me to see. Like, for some reason is <laughs> what they jump to and a lot of movies get built up because of that. And then you actually watch it and you're like, I'm, it's OK. I just <laughs> don't think it's uh, uh, if it was like a mass lost masterpiece, I think they would have put it out there more widely. But yeah, and <sighs> It doesn't, it's not like a ripoff of Empedagor. They're very different films, but like they have the lead, same lead actress. I really love her. Her name's like Tara Basra, and I love her. I think she's so great. Yeah. They are very different stories, but 
there just are z- similar vibes that just sort of, you know, like exactly what you said. Like if you saw Empedagore first, you're just kind of like, oh, well, that one's better than this one. <laughs> and I, I was reading about uh, the director, uh, Anwar, uh, as well. And I, I guess he's got certain... Um, granted I've only seen these two movies now, but I understand from his full body work, people are like, he definitely has motifs and themes and ideas he loves to use over and over, like, you know, any auteur. So, uh, I guess that would make sense that his movies have some thematic and content similarities as you go along. I feel the characters are a little stronger and in Pedagor, not to keep harping on like the, the comparison between the two, but you sort of follow the plight of like the two main female protagonists in it like a little stronger than here like there's this family but like and i think the characterizations are good so i'm not like shitting on that because i think you do get some time to get to know them all but there's just something about maybe it's like the way in pedagore starts it starts with such a bang that like you're just like automatically like so in it and you've gone through something kind of traumatic with your lead person you're like what the fuck is this all about and here it takes more of its time getting to what's going on um and it, I find it really fascinating that, like, really the lead family in this, or the only, I mean, not the only family, but the family we're surrounded about, they, they talk about how, like, they're not superstitious at all. And, like, I just think in some of these other cultures, like, it's all about superstition. And maybe that's one of its themes is, like, you should be. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's better to be cautious. <laughs> And I did, even watching the second time, I couldn't remember completely how things went, but I was sure certain characters were, like, bad, and then they weren't. Oh, <laughs> like okay. I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember how this all went down, and then I was sort of wrong. But That means but it's yeah. been enough time, you know, it, fresh, I, fresh I guess, watch. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably been about two years. I did see what I rated it, but I couldn't find when I watched it um, uh, gotcha. Im- immediately. But I do think there's some very effective scenes. Like, I think the scene where they throw the sheet. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's, like, so good. Just yeah. the way it doesn't, like, the jump scare is automatic. It sort of, like, lingers before yes. it all happens. Yeah. I think that's so good. Um that's the main one that stands out to me. And then some of the the very beginning with like the mom and the bell. I think some of that is really creepy. Oh, that's really creepy. And I guess eh, maybe slight spoilers, guys. Slight spoilers. Be warned here. But the ending, the zombies are so cool. Yeah. Like that that was something that helped me like bump up the score because the ending uh when they show up and just the design, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool the way it was done. Felt like kind of an old school like american you know haunted house house of monsters type of movie um so i just thought that was staged perfectly yeah and there's something about the title that like even when i started to hear about it because there was buzz when this came out i think it's like the first of a string of indonesian horror films that were like oh this is fucking good Mm -hmm. like i was like ugh, satan slaves like that just sounds like ridiculous yeah yeah and when i saw the poster with like the bell i thought it was going to tie into that isn't there like an urban legend about or maybe it was real that there were like when you'd have a grave and you'd set up like a bell by the grave with like a string down to it no, that's uh, that that's real, and that was called being saved by the bell. That's where that comes from, because it was not uncommon for people to have been in like a coma or not actually dead, and they would be buried. Um, but they did that bell because if you were in the casket and you were woke up and still alive, you could ring the bell for somebody to come. That is so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's smart. But... Yep, 
so, but it is so weird that they're like, well, we're not sure if you're dead. I mean, like, how much time has to pass? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I guess we've come a long way, baby. Yeah. And it's also why bodies used to lay in state, you know, like they'd uh, have the wake and then leave you out instead of burying you for oh a few days just to make sure you were actually dead and not in a coma or some other, you know, illness that resembled death. Mm-hmm. Also, don't have a well in your house. Okay. That's creepy. And after a particular character dies in the well, they still like drink out of it and like wash your face in it. And that's fucked yeah, up. Yeah. That seems a little uh, unsanitary <laughs> to say the least. I think that is so bogus. Um, and yeah, does it take place in 82? Do you recall? It's like right in the beginning. It tells. It said uh, 81. 81. Okay. Because yep. I know the original, I think, was made in 80. So it's very interesting how that all works out. But I thought that like the design of like the costumes and things, I thought was very effective. Oh, I really liked that. Really good cinematography, too. Oh, like, yeah. Just, and that's the was, thing. It just looks so good. Yeah, it's just a very gorgeous movie to look at. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, I love these movies because it's one of those closed minded things of mine. I think of movies from other countries that I don't think of movies coming from very often. And I mm-hmm. just imagine them to be low budget or not mm-hmm. have the same quality that we have in America or whatever. It's like, it's really kind of shitty on my part. Um, and so seeing some of these films, especially these Indonesian films, has sort of opened my eyes. Yeah, yeah, to say the least to the coolness of it all. And it does have, again, spoileries. It has that very much twist of the ring, which also features a well of like, hey, you thought you knew the twist the whole time, but guess what? You don't. There's a secondary twist. Mm -hmm. It's not this little boy. It's this little boy. Yep. (laughs) Which would make sense because like watching, I did not remember that twist, but watching it, like knowing his brother kept talking about killing him which of course now we know having watched it that is sort of the grandma whispering to him to do Mm -hmm. like i was like why isn't that little boy more concerned why would you ever sleep with your back to him why would you not just stay awake watching him but then it all just sort of makes sense it's like "Mm, nope i'm the real devil (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and it was so creepy when all of a sudden he's like talking and (laughs) yeah Killing people. Yeah, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's, I mean, he was also so fucking adorable. That little kid was so cute. Mm-hmm. And I am very curious to hear, or not to hear, but to watch the new one because it just came out this like last week. Yeah, Satan I Slave saw, Communion. I saw that uh, that a two came out. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated. Like it'll be my first Indonesian sequel that I've watched. That yeah. like this is sort of a sequel, whatever. But I'm so excited to check it out definitely and see where it goes and then maybe i'll watch satan's slave who knows yeah the og yeah the og but yeah i dig it i'm glad you watched it um i'm glad i rewatched it it was fun and yeah i want to even dig in more i read a list of like the best indonesian horror films like contemporary ones there's one Mm -hmm. more that i like that i'll probably give to you someday but then that's it i've watched like three of them there's one called the doll that looks really bad but like it was on this list so i gotta Mm -hmm. find it because i don't have it on my like super secret site Mm -hmm. and um and we'll check it out I'm definitely fascinated to see more of uh, uh, Anwar's work, uh, Joko oh, Anwar. Yeah, because yeah. it se- it seems like he's a pretty revered director now in Indonesia, and uh, 
uh, he's got the only one with the, a name I actually recognize is a flick called The Forbidden Door that I hear is pretty, pretty mm. wild. So I'd like to see that one. Interesting. Well, cool. Well, out of five ringing bells, mm-hmm. how many do you give Satan's Slaves? Uh, I will give it three and a half. That is precisely what I'm going to give it. And like I said, I almost went a little lower, but the ending really turned me around. So mm-hmm. I almost went a little higher, but I'm going to like, you know what? I'm going to go three and a half because it's pretty, it's pretty darn good. Okay. It's just mm-hmm. not next level, but still a very solid scare of approval. Scare of approval. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's amp up the quality and move to your film. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Hell comes to Frogtown. Uh, the uh, tagline is, a new breed of enemy has taken over the world. Sam Hell has come to take it back. And the plot description is pretty long. <laughs> But I'll read part of it. Hell is the name of the hero of the story. He's a prisoner of the women who now run the USA after a nuclear war. Results of the war are that mutants have evolved and the human race is in danger of extinction due to infertility. Hell is given the task of helping in the rescue of a group of fertile women from the harem of the mutant leader of the frogs. There you go. I'm just going to stop there. That's (laughs) that's enough description, I think. What a weird fucking movie oh my god isn't it it is like so weird like that's the only thing i think it really has going for it is that it's fucking weird and yes unique uh, original i don't know i i I could not for live me figure out what it was saying like i'm like is this feminist is it not i don't i don't know (laughs) Well, welcome to my dilemma. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know whether to be not offended because I don't think it's ever offensive, but I just can't tell what's being said, really. I mean, it's very crass and I don't know if there's any actual message (laughs) underneath. Yeah, but I mean, I do like Roddy Piper. I feel like I thought he was really hot and they live. Yeah. And here it's like, if I like cover up his face, I'm like, yes, daddy. But like, he just, I don't know why he looks different. How, how many years is between this and they live? Oh my God. Like maybe the same year actually. And I don't know. Maybe it's just how it's filmed. Maybe it's the style. Maybe he looks the same. Maybe I've changed. Yeah. They came out the same year. Actually. That's wild. I would have thought, I guess maybe it makes sense because they live was I imagine somewhat well reviewed. Yeah, that he maybe made these. I'm just like, this is what you made after they live. But yeah. I guess maybe he made it around the same time. Yeah, I, I think he filmed them almost like simultaneous, if I remember. Because yeah, it, this was, uh, and this is the only other movie I would say other than they live because he he's he did a handful of movies, but they are like you know not even B movies like Z movies, most of them like they're so low budget and indie. Uh, But after they live, this is like the next biggest thing. And then after that, there's a giant drop off in like the budgets and type of film world he was working in. Yeah. Cause I've not seen it, but I kept thinking of the hands made handmaid's tale, Mm, mm -hmm. like just in regards to this sort of dystopian future where, you know, sort of, pregnancy is sort of moderated or controlled in a mm-hmm. way yeah um, 
So that's what it kind of reminded me of. And then there's the line that says, mothers are national heroes. You'll be treated like a queen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, see, now I'm thinking this isn't like, not, not, not like things are binary, like bad or good, but like, I just wasn't quite sure. Like I said, I just had a hard time figuring out what, what was going on in regards to what was being said. Yeah. There's a couple of things like over the years, um, because my relationship to this movie is I vaguely remember it from like, you know, USA up all night. I think I said in the first half and those like, you know, playing trashy B movies. Like I remember it from cable and then stumbling upon it in my college years somewhere where uh, I think somebody was like, if you've liked Roddy Piper and they live like check this other movie, even weirder sci-fi horror adventure movie he did hell comes to Frogtown, and i remember getting the dvd by mail from netflix and watching it and being like what a weird fucking so that was this has always been in my roster of like when people are like what's the weirdest thing you've seen i'll usually throw this one as a contender out there like check out hell comes to Frogtown. like it is it is weird but yeah what i've read about it over the years is that the filmmakers they did want this to be seen as a parody because I guess they were trying to make fun of like the Mad Max movies and all of these post-apocalyptic um, storylines, but kind of like uh, throwing in ridiculous stuff. They're fighting. Essentially, they feel like Ninja Turtles rejects the frogs. So yeah. it's like real bizarre. Do you, and I, I was curious, though, like in regards to like his sort of chastity belt thing that he's wearing, are you familiar <laughs> I don't know if you will be. This is so dumb. Um, there are a lot of like gays mm. and probably straights, but more gays that like like to be owned and they wear like little cock cages that have like locks and they can't like get boners or jack off. <laughs> are you familiar with these? Uh, I was going to say I uh, am an adult human with the internet. So of course I have <laughs> heard of this sort of stuff. So that's <laughs> so weird to me. I see yeah. it like uh, uh, on, you know, the sites, the sites, but I yeah. just like, that is just so weird. And it just makes me wonder. And again, sorry to be crass, but it makes me wonder like erections just happen. Okay. Yes. Sometimes they can be brought upon by certain things, but like sometimes they just happen. And I just like, don't understand if your penis is constricted like that. Wait, what what why, happens? Why do you want that? But like, where does it go? <laughs> where does your erection go? Does it just hurt? Does I think it, it's, because it hurts. Does it just go away? I think it's, yeah. I think that's I, the point for some people though. I'm not curious enough to ever try okay yep. but um but yeah and i mean i'm not yucking anyone's yum i mean if that is your thing good for you as long as you're in that cock cage by your own accord okay yeah, yeah okay. Not, not like what happened to roddy piper here. right he did not want that explosive cock cage no he did not want that i did love the pink pussy wagon or whatever it's called yeah that was hilarious i wanted that and i thought arabella the frog reminded me of mrs peacock from clue oh wow yeah like with her head yeah i didn't even think about that that's yeah that's awesome i was yeah, thinking was fun. like a combination of yeah mrs peacock and then the girl gremlin from gremlins 2 like yes <laughs> combination of those two and i guess for me and i was kind of trying to keep track of names and things like that but like i I wish from the beginning, and maybe it was there and I missed it, there was like a, a singular baddie that was sort of set up that we kept waiting to meet and then we met. I thought like, oh, this is the baddie, Bull. And then it wasn't Bull. Then it was 
Tony yeah. or whatever. Like it just kept being like, oh, not him. And there's another one. And then and it's, the, yeah. Yeah. It's that it's the guy from the beginning. Sorry, spoilers, but it doesn't really matter because you'll call that from the get go because he's the only like other character that hasn't been on because there's not a lot of characters in this. That's where this thing shows its budget, really, is that uh, actual like named spoken line characters. There's only a few of them. So that is true. But I did. I really liked Spangle. I thought she was fun. Mm-hmm. And I th- she seemed like an interesting choice to be sort of, and I guess maybe it kind of worked. Like she's like your your female lead, and like she's very pretty, but she's also not like I don't know, like Baywatch Heather Locklear. Like there's different quality to her where she does almost seem more scientific scientist sort of way yeah i don't know i just i found her to be an interesting choice i'll just say that and i i i liked her and i i thought she was pretty good as an actress and she was uh she started her career as i understand sandal bergman uh as a dancer uh under bob fossey she was in all that she was in all that jazz so that's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, and then she went on to kind of be like a B movie queen in a lot of. She was in the Ice Cream Man. I forgot about that. I think yeah. she was like she was like the mom or something in Ice Cream Man, if I remember. So yeah, she's she knows her way around the B movie world for sure. <laughs> yes, she sure the fuck does. And of all the things they show in this, like when it comes to the one frog and the dance of the three snakes, the dance and of the, the three, three snakes. snakes are his penises, but we don't get to see them. I'm yep. like, surely. I mean, he is a frog like they're not gonna be real yeah. porny penises like we should be able to see them yeah I would they think should they, look ridiculous they're probably more like monster tentacle things yeah clearly so i wanted to see them miss opportunity there were some good lines like the only dance i'm going to do is the dance on your grave yes and i don't remember there was another one shut your hole but it was like screamed yeah well, i also like I when roddy piper was he say he's like why don't, why don't you try making love to a complete stranger in a war zone or whatever and see how you like it whatever <laughs> uh, yeah he's got a lot of good quips in it the more baffling thing is that there are three sequels to this i was gonna say there are Have sequels. Seen them? never seen any of them they've got to be horrible uh, it's my understanding is they're even more low budget than this was. Oh God, I bet. So yeah, so they are just. I know one of them has Robert Zadar, uh, aka the Maniac Cop himself, uh, as Sam Hell. Uh, oh, and and then from there, there's like yeah, they they just get even lower quality. So yeah, it's um, it's something. It is something. I would watch this over Ghoulies Go to College. Oh, for sure. Anything. This, too, like I felt on this rewatch as time goes on. I feel like years ago when I first discovered this thing, I was more genuinely like, oh, this is a weird movie. I love it. Um, But with each rewatch, I feel more and more that I'm like, no, this is a movie that's so bad. It's good to me. Like it has to live firmly in that territory because it's not like a good movie per se but i think what helps it i read a review on letterbox where somebody said all of the actors seem to know they're in on the joke that they are in a bad movie and are acting accordingly like the performances are perfect for what kind of movie this is uh you know they're not trying too hard they're being really arch and over the top with all of their performances and it i think it helps to heighten this because if they were trying to be like 
you know, dead serious thespians the whole time, I think it would really detract from this being like watchable whatsoever. So, yeah. And I suppose if I was more into like apocalyptic sort of films like Mad Max and things like that, it probably would appeal to me more. But it yeah. just not being in that vein, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't even like I would I would even say that I'm not sure this succeeds as a parody of like Mad Max just because of the budget constraints of this thing. Like it feels so um, small and, you know, quick, like not because at least the Mad Max movies, there's an epicness to them that they feel like something entirely different. So, yeah, we watched it. So you don't have to. Yeah, You don't have to. If you I don't know, I feel like somebody <laughs> out there is going to be like, hell comes a frog town. I oh. remember that. I'm sure, I'm sure your brother, I'm sure like Ethan probably loves it. Yeah, somebody <laughs> out there, but unless you got anything else to add, I think that's it. I, I really don't. And, I, 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 and I'm pretty sure this is the end of uh, Roddy Piper on the show, unfortunately. I don't oh. think there's any other movies of his that I would <laughs> work in here because a lot of them get pretty low on the rating scale. So Poor Piper. Poor Piper. He deserved some bigger, some more big budget movies, I think. But alas, it didn't happen. No. Um, But so out of five dances of the three snakes, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it two dances. I'm going to give it a three because I still have enough. I still enjoy this enough that, you know, I think it's fun. All right. Well, for the first time, I feel in a long time, we have a... Scream. Barely a split scream, but we got there. That's right. Split it down the middle. Cool. Haven't used that sound effect in forever. Awesome. I know. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It wasn't a totally painful experience, just one that I would not like to have again. No. And if you're into <laughs> that sort of thing, like I'm sure some people are like me and they do like watching stupid bad movies. This is the ticket. Throw this on. Fuck uh, yeah. And definitely, you know probably helps to alter your consciousness and just sit back and let it watch over you. So, yep. All right. Well, if you want to write to us, scaring and sharing at gmail.com and follow us on Insta, scaring and sharing. And we are excited to have you back next week. As, yeah, guys, keep coming. Please keep coming back. Yeah. And it's in the trees. It's coming. Keep watching the skies (laughs) and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.